Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. Waiting for Ray to join us. Should be with us shortly. It's a football Friday. Let's get hyped. Let's get excited. And let's talk some sports. So jump on the line. Give us a call. 718-664-9098. Like always, you can hit us at today at gmail.com. Tweet at us. Like us on Facebook. YouTube us. You can hear the old shows. Everything is at Ray and Tate today. Plus, we've got the emails, today at gmail.com. We're very interactive, great shows, interviews, everything you want and need for sports. We're here for you. Like always, like we say, we're talking sports with friends. There's so much going on. And before we, you know, get into everything, we're going to talk Thursday night, recap that. We've got some off-the-field stuff. Of course, the breaking news out of Louisville. Everything popping off. We've got NFL Week 4, College Football Week 5. And I mean good games in college football, man. It's hard on Saturdays. you got to negotiate with your significant other to watch some Saturday football games. And then, of course, the last weekend of Major League Baseball. I'm hyped up. I can't believe it. Our Yankees clinched. They are the only... Um, you know, the the wild card, but there's only one spot that has not clinched yet. And that is between the second wild card and AL. So you're talking the Astros, the Twins, and the Angels. So that well, right there Yankee fans. is hello, going to be hello. fantastic. Oh, yeah, then, have- now, now you want to join us talking to Yankees, man? Hold on. We'll, we'll get to the Yankees. I'm just letting them know who, who's battling for that second AL spot, Ray, and it's going to be exciting. But now that you're here, let me, let, me, let me talk about with you last night because 23-20 overtime, I think that's what I predicted, but I had the wrong team winning. But did you feel like neither team <laughs> wanted to win that game? Because to me, it was like a comedy of errors, play calling, taking bad sacks, this, that, the third. What happened? And also, I got to say, I'm sure you were impressed with Vic on basically one practice day and a couple of days notice, you know, doing what he had to do on a short week. You know, I was impressed with Vic. Both teams looked a little shaky, and you really didn't expect that because these are young head coaches, but long-tenured head coaches, right? Tomlin's been there for a while. Harbaugh's been there for a while. They both have Super Bowls. Flacco is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. The Pittsburgh organization has won a couple Super Bowls in the last 10 years. So I was disappointed in the fourth-quarter execution, frankly. Um, And I'm not even talking about missed field goals, because that's a physical, like, suck up. I mean, uh, um your boy just missed the field goals, right? Uh, Scobie just Scobie. missed them, right? Uh. You you can miss that, that that happens, you know what I mean? But like 
the mental breakdowns and the bad play calling and the bad decision making. I mean, that's that's stuff where you have coaches in the box. Uh, you know, that, you got to give Le'Veon Bell the ball, Ray. You can't run Vic, and then you can't also have Vic throw to. Yes, Brown was open, but you're having a lefty quarterback turn and throw it. You know, the, to the right. It just he didn't get fully planted and turned. That's his fault. But I just don't like the play. It's too cute. Run into the I guy mean, who's over a hundred yards. You know? It is a little cute, right? And 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 it was the second time you did something other than hand the ball to your 126 yard, you know, back. So <laughs> Antonio Brown was open, though. That's the thing. So that 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 one is a little frustrating because that's just execution. That's just Michael Vick making a bad play. Um, but right, I'm but, frustrated I mean, you right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers in that situation, though. Right, you can definitely criticize him. We're putting him in that situation because, to me, I didn't see – yes, he played well, and it's all considering. But to me, I wouldn't have the confidence in him that basically on both major plays to ice or win the game, you basically had him run the ball and then him pass it, where you could have been giving it to Le'Veon both times. Yes. The other thing is – this is an offensive line that he's not that familiar with. So especially on the running play where they gave him the option potentially to throw it, I guess, or it was a design run. But the no, point is – a design run, and you had a wide receiver blocking uh, Doomerville. Are you kidding me? It's a joke. Well, <laughs> not only that, but even Vic, this is not the Atlanta Falcons where he knows exactly how his – how that left side of his offensive line blocks, you know what I mean? This is his first time running behind that line, so he doesn't really know how they block. So I just think all around it was a bad play calling. I was listening to ESPN, and, and i got to say, Stephen A. Smith took a really hard line. His his read on it, let me ask I you. Like what what he said, though. I like what Was that Todd said. Haley's trying to prove that he's, you know, the next Mike Martz, and he's the boy genius, and he deserves to be a head coach. And he tried to do that by being super creative, and it backfired on him. I, 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 I think he might be right. Uh, you know, I, I just it really it, it didn't it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Since Either when was handing uh, the ball to a running back not sexy? I mean, I'm from the old school. That's very sexy. If he gets a first down, <laughs> that's very sexy that's, to that's, me. That's between the sheets. The Isley brothers sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very funny. But I'll say this. Kudos to the Ravens. They have the better field goal kicker. And without having Steve Smith, Flacco, really, they gritted out the run. The play of the game, though, was by the head coach, making sure that the five seconds went back on the clock. And then they got the ball at 2.04. So then that way they had the the, the, the one timeout and the two-minute warning. And that was brilliant. That was the play of the game because that like gave them enough time to go down and kick the field goal to send it to overtime. You know, instead of it being a minute and like 56 seconds. And so that, that saved that their season because if they go 0-4, you know, they're done. Even at 1-3, and they'll be struggling, but they put a loss on you guys to put you at 2-2. Two and two, And we know Cincinnati can be in, inconsistent and Cleveland is, you know, Cleveland's not going to be – probably competing for a playoff position, you know, playoff spot. So that that really saved their season. That's where it hurts because we could have put them on ice. At 0-4, I think they would have been done. And we still play Cincinnati twice, and you don't like to lose at home in your division. But, look, say la vie, you still hope in six games the Steelers want to go 3-3 three and three with Vic. He's going to get better. He's going to have extra long time for the next game because they play on Thursday. And, you know, for not being there until the end of training camp, not getting any snaps, you know, with the number ones because Ben's doing it. He's just learning the offense in one full day of practice on Tuesday. Wednesday's a walkthrough on a short week. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't knock the guy. He actually played pretty decently. So, you know, hey, he didn't throw any interceptions. I didn't like all the sacks he took, but he didn't throw any interceptions. So, well, and you know what, Mike Tomlin apparently, I didn't know this. Did you know this that he was that he apparently Mike Tomlin was was on this guy was recruiting him was definitely working to hard to get Michael Vick on the team. So he, he's, he's been eyeing Mike Vick for a couple of years now. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, you know, it's Mike Vick, yo. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still, he's still got a little something left. I mean, look, there's 
Mike Vick is better than Clawson. He's probably better than some of the starters that are, you know, hanging around on a couple of teams. If he's not top 32, he's definitely, let's say, top 40. And so, to me, him being a number two on the Steelers is perfectly fine. You know what I mean? So, I have no issue with that. If so, I now, told you that Ben – yeah, if I told you that Ben went down, I don't think there are many other quarterbacks – you know, backups, obviously. You're not going to get Aaron Rodgers to back up Ben. But there aren't many other people that you'd feel better about filling in for three, four games than Michael Vick. No, so, not at all. And guess what? I don't want Matt Flynn, and I'm not going to roll with Landry Jones. You know, unfortunately, our guy who I love, Gorkowski, got hurt. So, yeah, Mike Vick, that was, uh, that was perfect. I surely don't want Clawson, <laughs> the Bears fans. So, listen, we'll get into all those players. Bless you. Ray, Ray's down, rolling under the way. I think Ray caught taste cold that I had last week. Now Ray got it back on the East Coast, and Over he's on the, the air. side all weekend. Because not well, only we're trying to avoid cold. Hurricane Joaquin. Well, Joaquin is coming up. Now, he's going out to sea, so it won't be so bad. But we'll talk about everything that be crazy, the Clemson game. Probably won't be lightning, but it'll be a lot of rain. So we'll talk about how the weather could affect some of these games. But, Ray, we're going to move it fast. But we've got a bunch of off-the-field, our segment off-the-field topics to discuss and talk about. We'll be quick-hitting. I want to hit you with the first one, the breaking news. Louisville, Rick Pitino was just on ESPN. He, he, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. They're saying that they had re- an escort service for recruits that were coming in. Wow. And this woman supposedly writing a book, and her and her daughters were involved, and yada, yada, yada. A former player with Anthony or Andrew McGee. I, I, the one thing I'll say, right, we just had the Larry Brown thing, Jim Beheim. There's no more excuses for coaches to say, I didn't know under my watch this happened, right? The NCAA has decided, no, you got to know. You're responsible. But nothing had popped up. Even Patino had said it, whatever. They're going to check the facts, see what happens. The question is, if this has gone down and this was going on for years or whatever, does Patino survive this? with the fact that he already had that other little scandal and issue with the fair and the woman took him to court and all that stuff. Does Patino survive this? Well, that's his personal business. You know what I mean? But this is, this is worse. This is institutional. You know what I mean? This (laughs) is putting the university of Louisville, which, which is a state institution in, in a bad light. And and you've Uh, seen the movies and I've seen the movies with these recruits and, and you know, you always know they get some pamper. He got game. Remember he got game, baby. (laughs) He got game. Exactly. But Uh, I mean, this is really, this is, this is happening just now when, you know, the NCAA is all about scrutiny on these programs. I don't know if even 50% of this is true. I I think Rick Pitino has gone. You know, what's so funny, I, I hate to say it, but I, I might have to agree with you because, yeah, you can't, you, you just, you can't have this. Interestingly enough, now look, we're Tar Heel fans, but we got to be fair. Everybody's taking a shot except for Roy Williams. How does Roy get away with all this academic stuff in North Carolina that's come up? And I guess l- luckily he had Jay Billis defend him on ESPN and give him that softball interview. No shot at our boy Jay, but, I mean, that was real weak. I mean, how does everybody else go down, Larry Brown, Beheim, maybe Rick, and then Roy don't get nothing? Roy's Teflon Don? I, I don't know. I guess many years of being in the club gives you – you know, Patino was in the club too, but maybe because Patino went pro, I don't know. It's a very I'm good just question. I just, I just got to ask the question, you know, that's all. No, it's a legitimate question. And look, we're Carolina fans, but we bring it, you know, we're objective about this. And th- this is definitely something that's that's got us puzzled. All right. So next thing, we got to just tip our hat and props. Tony Stewart announced he's going to retire after next season. So next season in NASCAR will be his last season. You know, he's an owner, great historic driver, you know, uh, in his younger age, a wild speedster, you know, maybe he slowed down a bit, but uh, he'll be missed. Tony, Tony Stewart will be missed, I think, from NASCAR and from, you know, more casual fans even like us, you know? Yeah, he brought some flavor to NASCAR. And, uh, well, you know, he was always an interesting interview, and 
he definitely, uh, you know, the only bad part for us as fans and for him, obviously, is, the, is that unfortunate incident, what was it, a year and a half ago, um, with, with that yeah. driver and, and the whole deal with the driver died and now they're suing him. And, you know, that's, that's going to be, unfortunately, a major part of his legacy. You know, a man died on his watch, basically, that, that um, you know, that that's unfortunate. But uh, from the driver's side, and then a driver turned owner, it's a very interesting story. No, definitely. Then we got to go to Chicago, and there's two superstars in Chicago that I think have gotten, gotten a, maybe a lot of leniency from the national media. Maybe it's starting to come around. But in hockey and in basketball, Derrick Rose and Patrick Kane. Now, look, you feel bad for Derrick Rose getting hurt again. I'm sure maybe he'll be back by the start of the season. We'll see. You know, the first day of practice, elbow to the eye, his optical, you know, eye bone surgery, this and that, the whole thing, whatever. But they both have these issues of rape off the court and off the ice. Um, you know, Patrick Kane is, you know, defending champ, you know, the star for the Blackhawks and, He's had a lot of run-ins with this, and now he, you know, there was issues of a rape kit maybe missing, and da 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 da. And then Derek Rose with the ladies saying the sex was consensual, and she just liked to sleep with him and his multiple friends, and then this and that. I, you know, I, I just want to say or ask you how how does this affect these two guys, not just Chicago-wise nationally, and could there be any suspension? For them, because I feel like there hasn't been too much talk of that, and maybe there should be. I don't know. So uh, the NFL uh, is quick to pull the trigger trigger on on folks, right? So they'll they'll sniff some indictments or impropriety, and they'll suspend you. I think the other leagues do a, a more, you know, sort of balanced due process. So I think they're waiting to see what the what the police and and what any investigation turns up, but. Given what happened with Ray Rice and given the backlash, and rightfully so, against athletes and violence against women, um, if any of this proves to be true, I think these two are both in trouble, uh, kind of like Patino. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, slightly different, but there's something there's, – they both need to be worried. I really think so. And uh, I don't know, from Derek Rose's perspective, his – favorability rating, you know, we're getting into political season next year, right, with the, with the election, but <laughs> his favorability rating is is almost at an all-time low. They did, I think I was reading somewhere that they did a survey of Chicago fans, and they said that uh, Jimmy Butler and Joe Kim Noah are one and two, and Rose so, is a close third. Rahm Emanuel's job is safe? Is he safe in Chicago, you say? Yeah, I think he's safe. And Patrick Kane, you know, uh, he, he, he's the star, him and, and Taze, but, you know, if any of this proves to be true, the, the tide could turn on him pretty quickly, too. Well, Haynes had multiple incidents, though. This isn't his first. That's the issue, too. I mean, yeah. So, you know. So, okay, we'll keep it moving. A uh, couple things in the NCAA. Actually, just real quick note. I just want to throw this out there. We're going to talk about baseball at the end of the show. But just since 1914, Ray, this is kind of fascinating. Since 1914, the team who's had the most run differential, you know, compared to runs that they scored all season and runs they've given up have won the World Series. The last time it didn't happen was in like 1914. It was like the Philadelphia Athletics or one of the old athletic teams. But the Blue Jays, they have 100 plus 136 runs. That is a huge amount in terms of run differentials. So I guess if you want to go to Vegas, then we'll talk about it on Monday with our baseball playoff preview you might want to lay a little something down on the Toronto Blue Jays, not just going, but potentially winning the World Series. The odds might be in their favor, you know, especially, you know, well, coming from the American League. So I'm sure and, the Cardinals have two hot there. starters. You have two hot starters, and they just mash the ball. The only thing I will say, though, is that we have seen that home runs are hard to come by in the postseason. So the teams that can pitch and manufacture runs typically do better than – you know, Harvey's wall bangers, the, the guys that just go up there and bash homers. Because the pitching's better, it's more intense, you're always facing a number one, number two, number three starter, you're not facing back-of-the-rotation guys. So 
that's the only thing I'd be worried about. Reliance on the home run in the postseason is a tricky yeah. game to play. So two more things off the field real quick. In NCAA, they sort of kind of halfway reversed the ruling of the Ed O'Bannon case about the whole video game and likeness uh, thing. So that, we'll see where that winds up playing out, where they would not get compensation. Um, so basically that means the players won't allow their rights to be used for that, for the video games. But this is the interesting thing. The debate, it's been on all week. It's been on every show, this and that or whatever. I figure we put our two cents on Fournette and any, and any player, right? The last guy, Maurice Claret, tried a challenge to go pro before his junior year or his third year out of college. And everybody's talking about Fournette and some fools, and I say fools because I think this is stupid, saying, oh, he should not, you know, he should sit out his junior year. And they try to say with Clowney, right? Just don't play. They said that about Clowney. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so to me, two things. Number one, what about these guys actually might love to play and compete, right? So he is having fun and loving to be a great college football player and to get better and maybe improve his draft stock at LSU. Yes, we know he's a grown man and probably could play in the NFL next season. But then, two, I actually don't have an issue if he or someone else does try to challenge it. I don't think it's for everybody, but I think that maybe that's something that can be challenged and maybe it can be a ruling that is met for someone that might be worthy. I don't know. What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? And should we just always stay status quo? Because I think sometimes that could be dangerous too. So Mike Williams and Maurice Claret tried to challenge. Unfortunately for both of them, they're not in the pros right now. It would be great if they were. Um, it would make it a little bit more interesting. But I think it's ridiculous, frankly, that these sports put in age limits for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're doing it because they want the older people are the people who are in the union, right? The high school right, kids and the college secure. kids yeah. are not in the union, so they're not represented at the table. So when right. they're doing the bargaining, yeah. Right. When they're doing the bargaining, they're not at the table. So nobody represents the young kids. And then to challenge the system, right, the, the NFL is a $10 billion a year, you know, revenue-generating organization, and you're Mike Williams or you're Maurice Claret, and you're scrapping together the money to, to take this, you know, to court, because it ultimately has to go up to the Supreme Court because they have these antitrust exemptions in sports. Yeah. So I think that they – 100% should be allowed to play. And I think it's ridiculous that the NFL has an age limit of 21 or, or you have to be out of senior you're out of your your senior class has to be out of high school for 3 years and the NBA has one year. Baseball has that hybrid where you can go pro as a, you know, in high school or you have to wait 3 years. So maybe there's some middle ground there, but I I think it's totally ridiculous. I think it's unconstitutional. And you know what? If these guys are going to fail, they're going to fail. Let them fail. Now having said that, I also think that the game is better if these kids stay in school because they become better trained, they become better athletes, they become better or you know better prepared. So I have right. mixed feelings because it's absolutely the wrong thing to do from you know a civil rights perspective. But the game, I could argue, is much better because it is better. How many but you know what? It's a minor. NBA... Let's, but let's not call it collegiate athletics. Let's not call them student athletes because really what NCAA football is, and you and I really know this, and we've had Andrew Moscato on about it, with a great documentary, it's the minor leagues, right? That's all it is. SEC. At the big schools, yeah, for sure. Big 10, Big 12, big time college football is the minor leagues for the NFL. That's what it is. They don't need NFL Europe because they have Saturday. Period. Now, yeah. granted, they could have uh, get bring back an NFL minor league, you know, like the NBA, NBA DL and minor league baseball, and NFL should do that because then that way they could develop talent more because, honestly, with all the injuries, it doesn't make sense that only 45 guys dress every game and there's only 53 on the active squad. That's too little. It really is. When you think about the injuries, you know, most teams go into a game with only seven offensive linemen. You know how quickly an offensive lineman can get rolled up on and hurt? Some teams might go with eight. But, I'm, you know, look, it, it's ridiculous. So I just want to get your thoughts on that real quick. It, it's, it's very fascinating. It, it's a lot to, you know, scoop up and devour. But we just had to throw our, our little thoughts on it. 
and you know Fournette looking like you know AP and Herschel. You got to talk about Fournette, and we'll talk about him a lot right now because Ray, it's time for college football. Are you ready? Because we got five. We have five ranked games, but really, if we're honest, we got seven good games because we got two more than Pac-12 games for the Arizona teams where they got to try to redeem themselves. But let, let's, let's just jump into it with number 23, Ray, West Virginia, and number 15, Oklahoma. What are your thoughts about Baker Mayfield? Now, West Virginia just came off a spank of my turf, so I feel real sensitive about this. But break it down for me. What, what do you think about this game? You know what? <clears throat> They've been waiting in Norman for the next quarterback, you know, ever since they had uh, our boy, the Heisman Trophy winner, Sam Bradford. So this kid, this kid Mayfield, I think, I think Baker Mayfield is the guy. I think they found him, and he's going to do big things. This game is in Norman. They're three and zero. I think West Virginia is is. You know, sort of lucky to be three and zero. They mirror each other on offense. You know, both high flying offenses, averaging over forty a game. I think statistically, West Virginia's defense is better a little bit, but I got a feeling that in Norman, your boy is going to have a coming out party, and he's like, "I am here. I'm the young kid. I'm the young buck," and even though. You know, Howard can play, but this kid, Baker Mayfield, I like him. And, and remember, they had a couple of guys ahead of him on the depth chart before he got there, and he just took their spot. <laughs> so I like Oklahoma in this game pretty easily, 31-20. You know, I agree with you with most of what you said. My only issue is that this West Virginia team and this offense they are fast and they are explosive and they can score. And I think Oklahoma is going to get a little run for their money uh, in this Big 12 matchup. I think Mayfield, I think some of their athletes, obviously, uh, was it uh, Sterling on the outside? I think their receivers should be okay. West Virginia doesn't have the best uh, defense. What they did to my purpose was just ridiculous, though. And I think they're going to push this one real close, so close that I got Oklahoma winning. 34-31, an end-of-the-game field goal. Oklahoma wins. Wow, okay. Go Sooners. So, now, but wait a minute. Before we go to the next game, I just want to ask you this. Just a little emotional thing here. Is there any chance that Mike Terps and the Raid upset the Michigan Wolverines, Sammy, down in Maryland at College Park? 22, well, Marbles coming into the house. Are you ready? Well, you know, with this Joaquin and the rain, it's going to have an impact on a lot of these games. It will. Bro. Will Will you guys do it? No, I don't think so. I think this is no, the type of game that, that Jim Harbaugh lives for. He's like, all right, guys, drop it up. We're we're a tough team now. You know, we're running the ball with our two big backs. So, no, I think Michigan wins. It's good, though, to be in conference play. We're in week five, no more of the okey-doke schedule. Another one that might be fascinating to see, uh, you know, Minnesota at Northwestern. Minnesota was, you know, considered to be better than they've shown themselves, and hopefully Northwestern doesn't, you know, over, overlook them because that, that's going to be uh, a pretty interesting, you know, battle or, or matchup as, as well. So the next one we got, Ray, and we got some we got some good games this week. We have number thirteen, Sweet Home Alabama, at number eight, Georgia. Nick Chubb against Derrick Henry. The SEC is all about running back. Break it down. What do you got? So I think it comes down to both of those running backs can run, and Chubb is in any other year would be a leading Heisman candidate. But he's in Leonard Fournette's year, so he may not even, you know, he'll make it to New York, but he may not be, you know, top one or two in the the Heisman voting. But he's still a heck of a back. The problem with Alabama is their inconsistency on offense. You know, they've got Derrick Henry. They've got multiple backs that can run. But this kid Coker, you know, I I don't know. Uh, The jury's still out on him. But the one thing I will say, so the game's in Georgia, right? The one thing I will say is that Alabama defense travels. And yeah. Nick Saban 
gets his now even though statistically so far Georgia's having a better even better season uh but I just think this Alabama defense is going to focus on shutting down Chubb and Chubb will get his he'll get 90 100 yards but he won't have a huge game and I think this is a low scoring defensive game and Alabama's D is just a little bit better than Georgia's and even though this kid Lambert and Chubb might do their thing um I just have a I can't see Nick Saban five games into the season being three and two so I like Alabama in a close defensive game I'm gonna give you a funny score I'll say it's 1916 Alabama Ray you're stealing my thunder not only do I think uh Henry will outrun Chubb and yes Chubb will do some things my concern is Lambert he he played. He didn't look so good against Vanderbilt. Yeah, he looked great against Southern and some of those other games. But he's playing against a team that he and a defense that he hasn't seen yet. And I think Saban's going to have a little something for him. I, I think it's to the advantage that Bama's on the road. They sort of need this to – Saban's putting this on them mentally to get them tougher again, to get back into it. He's not trying to fall below 13, and I'm sure the pride of that team is not going to allow it. I think Bama goes into Georgia and just out-physicals them. The defense might even score on a pick six. And I'll say 24-20, Bama in the roll tie over the Georgia Georgia Bulldogs. Whew, that, roll that's tie. Maybe roll the weather tie. down here, too, so you're going to have to be, you know, watching it. Now, this is, the, this is another good one. Uh, all them Gators are chirping. They're back in the top 25. Number three, Ole Miss at number 25, the Florida Gators. What do you got for me? You know what? Florida's in the top 25, but next week they won't be. <laughs> I, I think that this Ole Miss team, I don't know that they'll overlook that. That's the fear that they'll overlook them. But I don't think you can go into Gainesville no, and overlook the Florida, Florida team. Yeah, right. So this kid Kelly, talk about the real deal. This kid Kelly, Chad Kelly, is is a name to to watch next year, the year after. He is a an up and coming young stud, and again. Uh, th- the recruiting that they've done the last three years, especially on the defensive end, is is pretty remarkable. I mean, you, they're going to have maybe five or six guys go in the first round and a half of the draft. And then starting with Robert Kemdiche, he he was the number one overall recruit three years ago, went to Ole Miss, did his time, and is leading a defense that is really, really dynamic. And uh, this kid, Chad so Kelly, on the offensive end, yeah, so I I actually think this this will be some pain. I think Ole Miss is going to put it on Florida. I think Florida is young and talented, and maybe not this year, but maybe next year they'll challenge in the SEC East. But I just look at Ole Miss, and I'm thinking Ole Miss is averaging 55 points a game. They are going to put it on Florida. I, I think they're going to big time. So I got 38-17. Wow. Well, I like Chad Kelly. It's in the genes. Jim Kelly's nephew. Love the defense. Now, Florida, they they seem like they've got a little mojo going, and they're at home, but I don't think it'll be enough. I think they stay in this game for the first half, and I think in the second half, Ole Miss just gets it going. The defense locks in, and it winds up being like, I'll say, 42-24. I think Ole Miss pulls away. Oh, also a big a big score. Yeah. No, I, it's just I, too much. And, and and I don't have confidence in their quarterback yet. The kid is still young. We'll see how he does. And you got now number 21, Mississippi State. They, they, they snuck into the top 25 as well. The SEC has got some boys in there. My boy Dak Prescott and number 14, Texas A&M, who's playing really well. I'm going to go first on this one, Ray. I Listen, this is hard because you know I got feelings for Dak, and, and I want him to, I want him to be there in that, the final five for the Heisman. I, I just want him to get to New York. I think the kid's got talent. Not sure how it translates to the next level. Uh, maybe he can wind up being a backup quarterback. We'll see. Maybe he's special. We'll find out. 
But in college football, he's got some magic. But for Texas A&M, that defense is finally right. And I think the quarterback is finally the right guy. I like Kyle Allen. He's an Arizona kid. Texas A&M's got a lot of talent. They got some kids from the West Coast. They're recruiting down south. It's, you know, it's interesting being in Texas, but being in the SEC, it's almost the best of all, of all worlds for uh, Kevin Sumlin because he's getting some Arizona kids, some Cali kids, Texas kids. Then he's getting some Southeast kids. That is a perfect, you know, sort of location of the school and then location of the conference. So I think Texas A&M at home, they pull away. The crowd will be behind them. They've done some great things against Arizona State and Arkansas, big wins, and they continue. And I think they win a pretty good game. I'll say 31-23, Aggie, Aggie, Aggies. I'm going to have to go against you on this one, player. Yeah. This game, if it were in Starkville, I'd be even more confident. But it's in College Station. Mississippi State's D, I think, is underrated. I think they're one of the better Ds in the SEC, which makes them one of the better Ds in the country. Averaging 15 points a game allowed, and I think they're going to hold Texas A&M down. I like this kid, Kyle Allen, and again, he's young and he's fresh, but you know who's not is Dak Prescott. He's got a little swaggy P, a little I've been there, a little, you know what, we're three and one. We're not ready to go three and two in the conference. A little bit like Alabama, I have a feeling that they go in and they punch Texas A&M in the mouth defensively. And I don't know how tough Texas A&M is yet. We haven't really seen them, right? They've got, who they play, Arkansas, Nevada, uh, Ball State, and Arizona State. Okay, but this Mississippi State team, they played Auburn, uh and LSU already, right? So they've got two really tough games under their belt. I think that they're ready. Um, these guys are out to, you know, prove that they're a legit, you know, franchise, if you will, in the SEC. So I like them in a tough road victory. I think they win 24-20. That's going to be interesting. Now, I don't really see, and I'm sure you don't see, on the road, Arizona schools redeeming themselves, ASU at UCLA and Arizona at Stanford. So I think they're no, both going to take yeah, they're both going to take L's. So we'll leave it at this. Our last game for college football. This is going to be – this might be one of the better games all season. And I say that because I think these quarterbacks are going to turn out to be special – the defenses are, are good. There's a lot of speed on Clemson, and I think the weather slows that down for them. And I think at the end of the day, Notre Dame, number six, Clemson, number 12, Notre Dame, they run the ball a little bit better. You love Deshaun Watson. He's a beast. The kid, Kai, I like want to call him Kaiser Sosa, right? But Deshaun Kaiser, he's, he's topping kids up, and he's, he's improving each week. They got a little Ohio State mojo. You know, he's got a little JT Barrett in him stepping in, replacing uh, Malik Zaire. And I think with Fuller, and I think even on the road, Notre Dame, have they've earned this defense will travel. They're really talented. And I think Watson, they might force him to beat him, and they might be able to pick him off. And I think at the end of the day, in Clemson, and that crazy crowd, it's going to be rocking, but the rain might slow things down. And I think Notre Dame pulls it out 27-24 over Clemson. You know what? This game is such a wild card. Because of the young quarterbacks, Deshaun versus Deshaun. How do you say that differently, right? One is Deshaun, D-E-S-H-U-N, A-U-N, and one is Deshaun, D-E-S-H-O-N-E. So, I'm going to say, which Deshaun do you like? And I'm going to say that with a little bit of game tape, I think Clemson will find a way to slow down Deshaun Kaiser. This kid Fuller is the man. Six touchdowns already, Will Fuller. But I have a feeling that at home, Deshaun Watson Ooh. is healthy. <coughs> I'm sorry. 
and they're going to find a way to run the ball, control the clock, take the air out of the ball, take a couple possessions out, which is funny because otherwise it would be a, a track meet. But I think that on this slow, presumably slow turf, they're going to use that home field advantage and they're going to sneak out. Yes, sneak it out, a 24-21 victory. Clemson, Tigers, holding it down. Go to 4-0 and and break the top, probably the top eight, if they beat Notre Dame. You know, it's it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm getting hyped up just thinking about it. It's a good, good, uh, some good college games. I think Saturday is going to be fun. You know, football fans are going to enjoy it and, and definitely have, I would say, a lot to watch. But, Ray, it's time to talk about Sunday. You are now listening to the NFL Talk. Ray, 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 We basically have football all day and night, and this is literally because in the West Coast, you got to get up at – got to wake up at 6.30 if I want to see my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But it's worth it because you know, as all of us know with the red zone package, you, you watch the scores and who, what happens, but you don't, get the, you don't get the meat and potatoes. You don't watch every play of a game because there's so many on at once. With the game in London, you get to actually just see – Jets in Miami with your breakfast early Sunday morning. And honestly, this is a, I'd say it's a must win for the Dolphins. They're at home in London, not in Miami. And that might actually help them a little bit. I want to pick my Jets. I don't think Eric Decker is going to play. I think Chris Ivey is going to play. I think the Jets are a better team. They have a better defense. But for some reason, I think Fitzpatrick might be headed on a bad road. And I think the Dolphins are going to find a way for Hank and get out of the country. It might clear their heads and help Indominus and Sue and the boys. And I think Devontae Parker gets a little bit more established in the game. Tannehill, you know, gets it going. Quick passing game. Him, Parker, Landry, Jordan Cameron. He's a little questionable, but he'll probably go. And I think the Dolphins win a close one. 23-21 over the New York Jets. See, I think with Revis, who's probably going to play, he's probable, but he'll play, I think that they shut down this Miami offense. Lamar Miller has shown nothing. He's averaging three and a half yards a carry. I had him in fantasy, so you know I have my eye on Lamar Miller. Doing I told you, don't touch him. He's a bum. Don't touch no Miami okay. back. So, uh, with <laughs> Richard Matthews and Jarvis Landry leading the way, and Parker, you know, as the number three receiver, I think the Jets can shut them down. I think the Jets are able to handle this Miami offense, and if Fitzy doesn't throw two interceptions, I think they could even handle one. I think the Jets win pretty easily. So I like the Jets here 24-13 on the road in London. Who's your fantasy stud? So, you know what? I don't think this game has a fantasy stud. Uh, but if I had to say fantasy stud, I would say the Jets' defense. I think they'll sack Tannehill five or six times and maybe have an interception. I'll go fantasy stud. I'll go uh, I'll go Tannehill. I think he runs for 30 yards, maybe gets a touchdown, throws for a touchdown, and, uh, you know, close to 300 yards maybe. We'll see. So we got the New York Giants at the Buffalo Bills. A lot of injuries. Victor Cruz is not playing. LaShawn McCoy probably won't go. Um, You know, you kind of feel for these teams. Sammy Watkins is out. Neither one of them have all their toys or their weapons. When you look at the Giants, I think that they are a better team. They've taken the fourth most snaps in the NFL. And I think they've had the lead longer than, you know, most teams as well. They just have got two losses. Buffalo had a great win last week. Ray wasn't a believer. I think he is now. I think the Giants, they go up to Buffalo and play one heck of a game. 
But unfortunately, I think the Bills' defense is just a little too much. And I think the Bills win a close one. They reverse the Super Bowl, and they get a field goal that goes not wide right, but it goes right down the center, and they win 24-23. And my fantasy stud is Carlos Williams, 98 yards. 98 yards and two touchdowns for Carlos Williams. So Tyrod Taylor, <clears throat> I was reading somewhere, the sixth best quarterback yes. from a fantasy perspective. He's he is. doing it. He's starting for me this week, baby. Okay. So Tyrod Taylor is doing big things. And this Giants team, though they've been ahead, they've left a lot to be desired in closing out games. And I agree with you. As long as Carlos Williams can do his thing, I think the the, the Bills have a chance, um, more than a chance, to win at home. They're 2-1, and one and they even haven't been hitting on all cylinders with injuries and with, with not having their full roster. So I like the Buffalo Bills in a defensive game. I think they win 20-17. to 17. I'm going to go a low-scoring game, and I'm going to say the fantasy stud is your boy, Tyrod Taylor. I think he runs – for a touchdown, throws for a touchdown, and gets close to 300 yards. He's really doing well. Now you got another division battle here in some bad weather. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Redskins. They both got two losses. You don't know what's going on with both organizations. They seem to be a little uneasy. The NFC East has got – the NFC East, we just need to call it the drama problem division. Because it's just full of drama and problems. I think Murray's going to play. Deshaun Jackson probably won't go. Um, I don't know for fantasy folks. I don't know if I'd start Murray. Maybe he's healthy enough. The hamstring, you know, it wasn't a major hurt. It just wasn't ready to go last week. I think the Redskins can stop the run, though, in this muddy game. I like that defensive line. Those boys get after it. I just, it's hard for me to see the Redskins being dynamic, though. And I think Kirk Cousins is ready to sort of pull up Fitzpatrick and give the ball away. For some reason, I think it's time for Sam Bradford and those boys to wake up a little bit more than they woke up last week. And I think they just do enough to outdo the Redskins. It's going to be a ugly game, but I think they'll, they'll pull it out 27-24, Eagles over the Redskins. And my fantasy guy, but I'm Eagles, Jordan Matthews. Nine catches, 87 yards, but a touchdown. So I think the Washington Redskins are going to get pummeled. I think the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> are going to take out all their offensive frustrations. We might even have a Nelson Aguilar spotting. Oh, don't say that. Sam I just Brad- dropped him. <laughs> yeah, Sam Bradford is going to be my guy. He's going to show why Chip Kelly wanted him. He'll throw for 300 yards. He'll spread the ball around. And you know what? It doesn't even matter if DeMarco Murray's there because Ryan Matthews can play and so can Darren Sproles. But I think the combination is awesome. And I think not only running the ball but, but catching the ball in the open field and creating some misses. So I think Philadelphia goes in there and Hounds, Washington. I think they beat them 31-13. Okay, real quick, a couple last games before we get to close out with baseball. Casey and Cincy, it's simple. I think it's Cincy, and I think it's Jeremy Hill gets back in the good graces. Dalton and Green have been going crazy, but the Chiefs pass rush is going to be tough. Cincinnati wins a close one. Uh, 28-23. Jeremy Hill, 105 in a touchdown. You know what? I like Kansas City to win the division, but KC is ready to break out on somebody, and I think that Jamal Charles is going to do his thing and go for about 170 combined yards. And even Whoa. though Alex Smith is not the real deal, he can get Macklin the ball, Kelsey the ball. I think that Kansas City puts up 30 on Cincinnati, and they win in a shootout, 30-28. to 28. But hold on, I think we got a caller here probably wants to talk some NFL. Hello, yeah. caller, you're on the air with Ray and Tay. What's going on, Ray and Taze? Oh, Luke, man, how you doing? Oh, Luke, what's up, man? All right, what's man, up? I'm doing good. How you feeling, What's on e? your mind? Well, I, I got to ask you this. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, you don't have much to talk about 
football, the one thing you might want to do is get rid of your coach. One interview, he sounds like he's falling asleep. And then this week in the post-game conference, he, he lays out a fart. I mean, what, what's going on with Jim Tontulo, man? That's what happens, man. This is, this is what I thought was going to happen in the first place. You got rid of the best man, and now you got uh, you got substitutes that are not coming up to par. I mean, yeah, yeah that's leadership from the top down. If he's all, if he's so, convincing and confident, nobody else going to be. Does, I guess the only question we have for you is: Do the Packers cover the spread at nine and a half against the Niners this week? Yeah, I think they will. They will. I think they will. I was I was trying to get on with a stomp out, but the Eagles are going to get their offense totally clicking. Let me ask you something: What does it take? living down there in Redskins country to get RG three back on the field, or will he not get back on the field? If Kirk Cousins is healthy all year. I don't think RG three is going to get back on the field unless Kirk Cousins is out. Colt McCoy is out while Gruden's there. And Gruden wow. clearly, clearly Gruden, if you look at the last game and it made, made no sense to me on that fourth down when he had Matt Jones trying to run it, that he's not trying to go with any of the old guard. That's Alfred Morris or RG three. Because Matt Jones, mm. as a rookie, is getting more touches now than Alfred Morris has been a thousand yard back. So, and who's the primary person getting the ball thrown to now? Jordan Reed, who's new. Yeah, well, he was he'd been there a little bit before. He's been there for a couple been, years, yeah. Yeah, he been a couple years, but he was never a focal point. And that's my right. thing is that new as far as in the fold is he wasn't a person that was a go to. Uh, you know, tight end, but he's almost basically a receiver at this point because he's getting almost all the, th- the throws at him. So I just think that Gruden has been trying to make his own mark in his own way, and that's going to be the downfall of Gruden. So he's trying to be Pete Carroll, but the problem is that he doesn't have Russell Wilson on the bench. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yep, exactly. And he definitely don't have Marshawn Lynch on the defense. So, okay, oh, well, why don't you stay on with us? We're going to finish this out before we got to wrap with baseball. Rams okay. at Cardinals, I think this is a blowout. Arizona takes care of them. Everybody's talking about this Ram defense, and it's been good, but it's still a little inconsistent. They're second in the league with sacks. I say Fitzgerald gets busy. Carson Palmer gets back to three touchdowns. And I think Arizona winds up winning uh, 27-13 out here in the desert over the Rams. Yeah, I don't have much more to add. That's a <clears throat> to me. That's a that's just a mismatch, especially on the road. I think St. Louis, when Gurley gets in the mix, and, and or if Mason is healthy, and they can start reestablishing the run. But until then, they're going to get blown out. Yeah. Well, I I disagree with both of you guys. I don't think really? that the Rams will win it, but I think it's going to be something like twenty three twenty. I think that defense is underrated. Okay, that's fair. And it's a division game, so you could be right. Adrian Peterson and Teddy Bridgewater at the Broncos. I think this Broncos defense is ready. I don't know if they're ready for AP and steady and steady Teddy B, but they'll be ready enough to win. Manning can score on them. I say uh, 30 to 21 Broncos win. Emmanuel Sanders, a touchdown and 90 yards. My fantasy stud for the Broncos. I like... Denver to win this game, I think they win pretty big. I think they take away either Adrian Peterson or Steady B, a.k.a. Teddy B. Uh, and I think Denver is just has too much. And when they play from ahead, Peyton is, is untouchable. So I think uh, they put up 33-13. I think it's a blowout. Okay. I totally agree with you. Denver well, all the way. All right. Well, Drew Brees is back. Sunday night football. Brandon Wheaton's a go. You know, look, it is what it is with both these teams. The last time Dallas was here, the Saints set records. Um, I think the Cowboys actually show themselves pretty well in this game. I thought they played good against Atlanta. It just, you know, they they got away from the run. But the problem is Drew Brees is back. I think he's got a lot to prove. The Saints win 28-20 over the Cowboys. And Drew Brees will be the player of the game. 300 yards, two touchdowns. You know, as a Cowboy fan, I got to say the Cowboys have played well in all three games. Maybe not 60 minutes well, but they've played well uh, at least for half of those three games. This week, however, I think New Orleans 
puts the pain on the Cowboys. They're 0-3. I can't see them going to 0-4. I think Drew Brees is healthy enough to put up 400 yards on this Cowboys. Still have issues in the secondary. Brandon Cooks, if he's healthy, is going to have a field day. Um, question marked in terms of the, the running game, but the running back by committee, New Orleans, I think they put it on the Cowboys. Also, uh, like Atlanta, high-scoring game, so I think it's going to be 35-30 New Orleans. I, I okay. think that New Orleans is also going to be able to put it on them, but I think that the Cowboys do have some firepower. But I, I think it's going to be it's going to be high scoring to me, but I think it's going to be more like 38-30, What I have it, they're going to Cowboys going to do a, do a left for Weedon, but he's not enough to get him over the hump. All right, cool. All right, uh, listen. Thanks for calling. We're going to finish up with baseball, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you hopefully on Monday, man. All right, you guys. Yeah, well, good, good luck to your Niners. Yeah, yeah thank you really all luck we can get. Oh, oh, by the way, oh, don't you want to give props to a six-year-old? Huh? Don't you want to give props to a certain six-year-old, oh, in fantasy? Yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I got I got whipped. I mean, not even props, I got whipped badly. <laughs> so, you know, I'm oh, I'm always about the kids. <laughs> you, know, you, know what he, you know what he asked me? He said, Daddy, how come I won by so much? <laughs> Wu-Tang for the children. Now I'm going to take it out on everybody else now, so it's, it's all good. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you about that. All right, you weekend, there you go. Thanks for the call. You too. All right, guys. All right. Ray, this is what it's all about. You've got three games left in the season. The Astros are up by one game on the Twins and the Angels. They are out here in the desert. The Minnesota Twins are at home uh, what, hosting the Kansas City Royals, correct? Yep. And then and then the Angels are at Texas. Texas can win tonight and clinch the division. So uh Keiko's pitching tonight for the Astros going for twenty. Is that enough if they can get the win, whether the other teams win or lose, would that be enough to push Houston for momentum? Do you think that they wind up winning it all and getting basically getting that second wild card in the AF? And playing our Yankees. You know yes. what? I've been flip-flopping back and forth about this. I said <laughs> I said Houston for a couple of weeks, and then I said the Angels. And I got to tell you what, Texas is still has to win, I think, one more game, like you said. So maybe it's the Angels. Uh, you know what? I, I mean, I'm sorry, maybe it's the Astros. I, I think yeah. I might go back to Houston. Dallas Keuchel wins this game, and, 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 and they start to set up the rotation, you know, to play the Yankees, and then for, for their sake, you know, hopefully beyond. So, yeah, I, I might jump oh. back on – the Astros bandwagon. Wait, wait, but do you think they're looking ahead? They're already talking about potentially celebrating in the pool like the Dodgers out here in Arizona. Everybody wants to jump in our pool. What's up with that, yo? That's funny. <laughs> you know what? You need something to look forward to. You know what I mean? You got, you got to look forward to something. So why not? Well, listen, we got to tip our hats to the Yankees. Nobody thought that they'd be here. This is amazing. It, it was a great season, and props to A-Rod, you know. He, I gotta say, man. No matter what this guy has done, he's he made he made me basically like him again. This was a good season. The Yankees are relying on you know Greg Bird and some of the young kids. You know they got the nasty bullpen for Major League Baseball. You've got everything. You've got you know my, small money market teams. You've got the big Goliaths. You've got the history teams. This is going to be one of the highest ratings on TV playoffs ever. You've got all the markets, L.A., two in New York, potentially two in L.A., Chicago. You know, you've got Casey and St. Louis, you know, the heart of the country. Baseball, you got Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, this is uh, – and then you got Canada with Toronto. You can't get much better, you know, maybe if you had the Red Sox in there. But you can't get much better, Ray. What do you, what do you think? Uh, are we getting ready for a great playoffs or what? I hope so, and we're getting some some old faces and some new faces, right? The Mets are back. The Toronto Blue Jays are back. It looks like Troy Tulowitzki is going to come back. Yes. The Yankees look like uh, Stephen Drew is going to be out. wasn't really a material part of the uh, of the uh, rotation, but yeah, it should be interesting. You know what? In some ways, I want to see Houston just because they're a, a great turnaround story, right? They haven't been good for a while, and then now for the last couple of years, they, they look like they're on the precipice with that young squad. So good for them. Great to see the Mets and the Blue Jays 
back in the house. Great to see Kansas City back, back up, yeah. you know, a, a World Series run with a division championship and a potential top seed in the AL in the in the American League. So good for them. The Dodgers spent all that money, so if they wouldn't make the playoffs, all heck would have broken loose in LA. So a lot of sub stories and of course the St. Louis Cardinals, nobody even needs to talk about them. They're so good. Going through injuries. Adam Wainwright is back pitching from the bullpen. So very interesting. Ethan Hayward, a big pickup. Remember I said yeah. that? He's good out there. And 100 wins. We both said that a couple of months ago that they probably would hit 100. So everybody strap it on. Listen, Monday, big show, Major League Baseball playoff preview, recap of NFL Week 4 and College Football Week 5. A lot of fun. And uh, basically, hey, have a great sports weekend. And uh, thanks for listening. We are out. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.